0: Welcome to Space Ace, the podcast all about asexuality and fandoms. And hello to Livy, who's my guest today. Hello. <laughs> First time on Space Ace podcast. Nice to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to today's uh, topic of conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as soon as it is on my list of stuff to do, and I just thought, like, who am I going to come on for this one? I'm like, Livy, it's got to be Livy. She has to come on and do it. Um, So this week, like, because obviously I alternate weeks between ones like a character episode, like per week, normally sci-fi based, the other ones like be the fandom, whatever, whatever I fancy really that week. It's a character this week, but we're going to delve away a bit from sci-fi that will return in two weeks time. So we're going to put Sherlock Holmes because he is technically an asexual character and there aren't many of them in like fandoms literature anywhere not that i found anyway no, no there's no there's
1: not very many and even though it's not something that's explicitly stated because obviously they wouldn't i mean the original books that's not something that i don't think they would have really thought about back in that time and conan doyle was a bit of a slapdash writer at best you have to admit um but yep. like he reads completely as asexual, and then there's people that have like different sort of um interpretations of that within the a
0: spectrum, which is really interesting. And I've seen quite a lot of on like Tumblr and TikTok actually. Yeah, so we'll go to look more about that because i uh, when I do, I remember doing research about it when I first watched the BBC series because I'd read hmm. the first book. I've read a few books here and there over the years, but like it was really that series that got me thinking. Okay, is it just part of his character that he's not interested, or is he actually a So it's really one made the connection? I did more research into it. But from what I found, hmm. I didn't really specify where on the A he was on. So that's to me no intriguing to learn about. Um but yeah, I mean, I couldn't not have you on for this because you love Sherlock Holmes even more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think um, I think I love him a
1: bit too much. Sometimes I've gotten to a point where at work I now have a Sherlock Holmes hat joke going <laughs> yeah. with someone whenever I have to go investigate something really odd. But you know. <laughs> gotta get it in somewhere gotta get a reference like that in there somewhere
0: yeah and there are worse jokes to have so exactly (laughs) I mean so what was your first introduction to Sherlock like as a character and as a show series I guess or books
1: um I was about 10 and I think it was one of those afternoons where you go to like your school library and like you pick out a book and whatever and I I think someone had grabbed the book that I had initially wanted, which was a series of unfortunate events. Actually, one of those books. Um, and then I was just kind of like looking around, and you know, and you've like heard about something from like adults, and you're a kid. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the first thing that I noticed was the adventures of Sherlock Holmes, and I got that book out and I read a scandal in Bohemia, and I was like, oh, this is really cool, <laughs> and then obviously I was 10 it was a bit of a struggle to get through like quite dense Victorian literature I think I only read um A Scan in Bohemia, Red-Headed League and A Case of Identity uh, from that particular book at the time um and then I went on to a study in Scarlet I believe after that and I've just sort of really liked the character ever since and hilariously enough um when the BBC show came out in 2010, I didn't want to watch it because I really liked the, like the whole thing of like Sherlock Holmes being very vintage and Victorian. I liked that aspect of it. And I was like, oh, no, don't want to don't want to modernise it. And then when series two came out about a year and a half later, I saw a lot of adverts for it. And I saw that they were going to be putting Irene Adler in the show. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a watch. And um, no
0: look back ever since. Yeah. <laughs> My mum lords it over me that she was a fan of it before me. <laughs> I think one thing that it does do really well, the modern series, that was my first introduction to the character was the modern series. I think it does a really good job of like having that essence of Sherlock Holmes but placing it in such mm. like just the modern setting in general and using all of like, the technologies and but you still get to see everything through the way he thinks and mm. it real. I mean, one of my favourites is definitely one that they had set in Victorian era. Um, or oh, the name Abominable is- Abominable Bride. That one. I that was really so good. that one. Like yeah. it actually worked really well for what it was yeah that's always one of my favorites
1: and people the funny thing about the abominable bride is that people don't realize it's actually a satire of the original books with how um particularly how women are presented in the original books they just don't they really don't say very much at all mrs hudson barely says anything mrs turner gets odd mentions every now and then and then mary gets mentioned because her main story was um the sign of four where she like meets John and they fall in love and Holmes is like mm, okay cool um but yeah other than that don't really get that much of a mention and then the whole thing where in the episode Moriarty's like is this ridiculous enough for you because yeah. at that point i think people were a bit like oh seriously Sherlock was a bit weird why is it getting like why is it not like the other two why is it getting a bit it's silly that he's got he's experiencing like emotion and all that kind of stuff and it's like you know it was it was a satire and all of that, and I think that's that's why it like really worked for like ha- like with it especially within like the broader context of the episode. It just worked so well
0: yeah, yeah, it did I mean I say I will say one thing um, the reason I wanted to do the episode this week is that, according to Google, on saturday the twenty second is Sherlock Holmes day <gasps> is it actually oh. ah. Yeah. When I was first like setting up the podcast back when, when what January I was first looking into it, I was trying to Google like lots of important things to include, like if there was a National Storytelling Day and little things like mm. that to sort of incorporate. And in my calendar, I have it written that on Saturday it is Sherlock Holmes Day. So, well, that is that. That is out. the day for me. When this comes out technically that'll be yesterday, but still it counts. So it does. Yeah, it's close it's the closest we can ever get to it. So mm. fine. Um, yeah. So Sherlock being Ace. I mean. When you were first reading it, or well, even when you were 10, did it strike you as odd that Sherlock never really had the whole romantic storyline attachment thing to, like other characters did?
1: No, but I suppose because the first story I read was a Scandal in Bohemia and there is that whole thing where he very sentimentally keeps um, the photograph of her because obviously he, he kind of regards sentiment as something that's like part of like romantic attachment as well as like platonic but obviously you know he's really good friends of John so there's there's some sort of sentiment in that regard platonically but she was someone that he didn't know and because he was he was really impressed by her and he's not impressed by very many people yeah. so it, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a weird one for me and also I was like 10 so the only thing kind of really going through my mind was like oh this guy's like cool but kind mm-hmm. of weird he's just very But it was kind of like a bit quirky, like the way he thought, because I'd never read anything like it before. I'd never read something that was like so dense in terms of like someone explaining something. Like when Watson is always like, how on earth did you know all this? And then he like goes into these like paragraph long explanations, pointing out every little detail on someone. So it never really occurs to me that he could be asexual until i started watching bbc sherlock but i think that's because by that point i had a bit more of a broader understanding of like sexuality as a whole because i was like 14 15 at that point and it just it it just sort of like i don't know it just sort of made sense when i heard people sort of mention that he could be asexual or even demisexual in some regards um so i was like yeah that makes sense because he just doesn't he he like doesn't want it like, he doesn't want the romantic attachment, but also a romantic attachment, but he also, like, he just doesn't personally really feel it either. Like, it's a bit, it's, I don't know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I do agree. I think the thing that's different, I mean, I can't really remember a lot about the books I have read, Um, but I think it's definitely more of a thing in the show because I think sexuality is a lot easier to see on screen. Obviously, mm. it is in books. So I think in books, you've got to be a lot more out there with it being like this is what's happening also you can hint it through like the narrative and stuff but I think it's so much easier to portray on screen like just naturally. because also then you can have them looking at each other then you can have you have lots of little cues that I think you can't relate the same in a book and I think well because obviously the modern take on it I think because obviously back obviously when the books were out the romance was very different in general in like the world Mm. relationships were compared to now where it's so different and like there are so many different moral sexualities but also we just see it in such a different way
1: Mm. i think also as well even keeping it within the victorian sort of um era even the the robert downey jr films in those I you can't even though you see it in front of you like you said it's very easy to see like interpret things when you've got them on screen with certain things like such sexuality but even with the Robert Downey Jr. one like you don't you don't get the asexual vibe he's very um he's very childish about Watson going off and marrying Mary he's quite childish about it and I don't think that's right to put into oh because he hates the fact that his friend is off getting married he must be asexual kind of thing within the um Guy Ritchie Robert Downey Jr because I don't think it's right to pin him down like that as asexual in that particular like version of Sherlock Holmes because I, I I am a bit weird with that one I'm like I like it sometimes and then other times I don't like it yeah
0: I don't I don't really know but you know that is the one very bit- different Adaptation, I haven't actually seen yet. It's one that you know I've always meant to get to, but I've heard such mixed reviews. I'm like, I'll get to it eventually. But no, it's interesting. It, that- it's good fun. It's good fun. It's it's a
1: riot. It, it's a good time. Um, but yeah, and also Irene Adler is in that as well. She, She's yeah. a bit more like. But yeah, it's very interesting how every version of Sherlock Holmes you get the character is um, interpreted very differently. Like when it's being written and directed, um, of course. Um, like I've seen bits and pieces of like the uh, like the Jeremy Brett ones,
0: and um, yeah, I've seen watched uh, that in class. We studied. Um, I, I I think we did a Scandal in Bagravia, wherever it was um, at uni, and we watched mm. really old like Basil Rathbone. Mm. Um, yes, that's it, R- Basil um, Rathbone. Yeah, I've seen I've so- seen
1: bits of those like on TV when I was like a lot younger, mm-hmm. but just didn't really necessarily register it properly but i knew it was like sherlock holmes kind of thing you know
0: <laughs> yes jim i think also now people tend to dive a lot deeper into characters than before yeah like, that seems to be such more of like the modern day take on stories i think it's because obviously yeah. like, you now grown up with them for so many years we like to go that that much deeper into them i think it's might not mm. be that they thought of much before but like it's such a common thing now and we like yeah as much as we can about these characters doesn't matter if they're not actually real we like to know everything we can and this is just part of it I think
1: yeah absolutely I think also with things like Twitter and Tumblr and TikTok it makes things so much easier and more accessible to be able to have somewhere where you can like deep dive into it with other people who want to do the same thing and you don't necessarily and you can just be complete strangers but you just talk about this one thing Um, And I think that's where a lot of like, um, particularly on Tumblr, where a lot of like asexual people sort of started um, interpreting Sherlock Holmes in BBC Sherlock as asexual um, because they were kind of like, oh, my God, I can I can put these thoughts out there and other people can
0: contribute to that as well it's weird I feel like I missed out on such a significant part of life because I wasn't a tumblr person (laughs) I did not understand it at the time it was big and some of my friends were getting into it I just didn't understand the hype around it and I feel like from what I've heard that's where a lot of people sort of knew about asexuality and that's where they came out and I was like did I just miss this really big significant point in life I mean yes and
1: no like it was a great um time for like diving really deep into films and tv shows but also it was a hell sight it was just it could get pretty bad (laughs) it's like if you disagreed with a certain brand of like Sherlock fans that was it you you were you were absolutely done for um actually no I'm gonna name it if you disagreed with people shipping John Locke you were done for that doesn't surprise me honestly yeah I mean they're still like that even now um they have calmed down a bit but they can still be like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, in all versions of Sherlock that you've seen, but more the BBC one, because that's one I think I know best, did you ever ship Sherlock mm. to any of the other characters? Um, I shipped Sherlock and Irene, but I think that's...
1: I think it's like a bias thing with that, because it was like the first story that I was properly like introduced to. And I just found their character dynamic, like absolutely fascinating because even in that short story alone, you can pick up from like Watson's um, observations of Holmes that like Sherlock Holmes just doesn't do romance. He doesn't care about romance. He, it's not his thing. He's very much like reason, logic, deductions. That That's his thing. That's just what he gets by on in life. And he's happy with that. But then there was this one little thing there's one little thing that irked him so much. This one woman who outwitted him and impressed him so much that he kept her photograph and like only honored her by calling her the woman. Yeah. I just found that such like a fascinating thing and I like seeing how that gets interpreted in different adaptations of Sherlock Holmes. But in the I really liked how they did it in the BBC Sherlock version. They made it I mean the show's quite like sexy in a sense like there's just like this sort of there's like a specific kind of tension that you can just you can just feel it with your hands sort of so you're just like oh it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter what episode there's a specific kind of tension that you're like this is a very sexily done tv show like not even in like a sexual way it's just like a it's just the thing the only way i can describe it but a scandal in belgravia as an episode that just took it to a whole other weird level and I was like wow I really do ship these two together Mm -hmm. and my thing with like John Locke as a ship is because I'm kind of like let these two men just be best friends thank you you know yes because there's not enough of that in media where two men are best friends and that they openly show that emotion to each other particularly because there's such a wonderful development of Sherlock and John's friendship over the course of those four series like in A Study in Scarlet it's kind of like oh I'm like John literally says i meant to be helping you pay the rent kind of thing like you know and there they are a crime scene and it's a bit like oh, what are these two guys up to and then when Sherlock tries to refer to John as a friend in The Blind Banker yeah. John's like colleague you know <laughs> kind of just like brushes that aside great game they have those little flatmate based arguments that you would get and then buy a scan in Belgravia because like there's a time jump you can sort of see them becoming a lot better friends they fall out again in *House of Battle but then like Back*, for it really cements the fact that like Sherlock meant a lot to John in like a friend in like it's like a friend yeah. and that's sort of reinforced by the time we get to series three when Sherlock comes back and you see how much John also means to him that's when he sort of starts seeing it and then you've got the line detective in series four when John starts crying and you see Sherlock hug John and he says it's okay no it's not okay it is what it is and what it is is shit and it's just like the development of just Sherlock getting to the point where he will do that for John. It doesn't have to be a romantic thing because with someone like Sherlock, he's never had friends before. Mm. He's going to take time to even get to that point of showing that sort of emotion and being vulnerable, you know? So just let them be friends. (laughs) Sorry, that was like a whole whole rant there
0: about why I think they should just stick as friends. No, because I totally agree with you. It isn't seen enough. And... I just it would have ruined the whole dynamic if they'd been a thing, and also it wouldn't it, I think it would have portrayed their characters as well because I think be so that John clearly isn't gay for starters. I know you can be gay for just one person, but he's clearly yeah. he's he's straight as anything you can tell that from the way he looks at women um, throughout the whole thing, especially of the when it comes to Mary, but yeah, I just feel like it wouldn't have worked if it had been done it would have been forced and just no let them be friends, let them just. Mm just carry on and have that close relationship because you That thing you can be close to someone but just be friends with them like the whole platonic thing I think is so underdone in any type of media no matter yeah. what it is that's what I'm always going to protect and strive for in anything because that is so underdone and people don't appreciate the effect that has on a person as well like your life doesn't revolve yeah. around one romantic relationship like, exactly doesn't you have more platonic relationships in your life than you will have romantic ones anyway so yeah let them be friends i mean answering my own question um i too i i was all kind of on the fence i really did ship him and iron adler because i for me personally it was very much sense of he was never interested but i was thought going into it first of all that's because he never found anyone that he would connect with on that he had to connect with someone that on that level of Mm. because say cleverness is not a word um on that like select there we go. That's that's what I was looking for. <laughs> um, on that intellectual level, he had to have someone who was a challenger and whatnot, and no one around him obviously could do that. There was no one, and he wasn't going to go seek it out either. He wasn't gonna be like, I'm going to go search online for this like really smart woman today. No, know? exactly. Character. Yeah, yeah. like oh, I've completely lost train of thought of what I was going to say about um that. <laughs> I mean, I, there was also thing with him and Molly. I was always on the fence whether I liked it or not. Like I know the whole her pining for him thing, and then she had a boyfriend that looks like him. But then part of me was like, would they work? As like they wouldn't. It's a track. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Sherlock and Molly would have worked in a
1: romantic sense. Again, it's one of those things where it's just like let them be friends because it's very obvious that over time Sherlock did come to care for Molly very deeply, as sort of as it's established in the final problem. By the way. That scene in the final problem with Sherlock and Molly, I I don't like it, but I understand why it was put there. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, because it it, re- it that's where it shows that like Sherlock genuinely felt bad about getting Molly to say I love you to him, kind of thing. And you know what, there's always going to be those relationships in life where you're friends with someone, and um, for some reason, one of them is going to fall in love with the other, and there is going to be some unrequited love thing going on, and it will go away. Mm-hmm. Kind of shown in like the little epi- epilogue bit in The Final Problem, it, like Molly going into two to one beat, and it was fine after that, somehow. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, yeah that's what that's it I just suddenly not remember what I was gonna say about Sherlock and Irene that's why I personally view him more as demisexual rather than straight up asexual mm-hmm. because there were you know he went all the way to a terrorist cell in Karachi just to save her life like if she didn't mean that much to him I don't think he would have done that mm-hmm. um and you know there's the you know in um Sign of three when he's in his mind palace in the courtroom Mm. and he starts thinking about irene and you know she touches his face and he's like oh not now i'm busy and i'm like this man clearly thinks about her in some kind of way when he's alone at night you know and then they text and they text you know so that's why i'm like that's why i'm like he's gotta have some sort of very strong type of special connection with someone to be able to fall in love with them, and that's why I pin him down as demisexual rather than just outright asexual because I feel like if he were completely asexual, there's he wouldn't have certain reactions to things. Like so I was reading a case of identity um the other day and um the context of that story is a woman comes to um Holmes and Watson mm-hmm. being like, oh this man that was kind of like my suitor or whatever they called it back in the Victorian times. Um he's just, he's basically vanished. We were about to get married and he's completely vanished. Um, And she explains the full story where she's like, oh, my mother married a man 15 years younger than her. Um, So she's got this stepfather and then he wouldn't let them go to a ball. But then he was like, oh no, you know, he went away to France or whatever. And so the mum and the daughter went to this ball and that's where she met this guy. And it transpires that the stepfather was posing as this man um, because the woman, because the woman had this income from like some, I can't remember what it was, but she had like, in- she had money coming in from somewhere and yeah. the stepfather didn't want to lose that income if she ran off and got married because that's what she wanted to do. And right towards the end, Sherlock Holmes calls in the man, he like gets a letter sent to the man and basically makes him own up to it. And he's like, you can't keep me here under lock and key, like you're breaking the law, I've done nothing wrong. And then Holmes is like, oh, you know what though? I have got a riding crop here, kind of thing. And he threatens to beat the guy up with this riding crop because he broke his stepdaughter's heart, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. He was like, you did something, Sherlock Holmes is like, you did something bad. You-, you made this woman fall in love with a fake guy just because you didn't want to lose her income. Mm. and threatened to beat him up for it. And I'm just like, it's so odd. That's why I'm kind of like, this is why I can't necessarily see him as asexual because of things like that. Like it was to do with romantics. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he wouldn't have had such a strong reaction if he would just, you know, yeah. if it was just a case of like,
0: why did you do this? I could just call the police, you know, but he, he didn't. So <laughs> Yeah, he has that emotional connection in it because of yeah. what situation is. And yeah, I do feel like when people have that connection to it, Obviously, not directly through the situation, but through other means and whatnot. They do. Mm. Have that. I mean, kind of going back to what you said about him being demisexual. I do kind of agree with you because, like, mm. the whole definition of, of demisexual is that you don't get those feelings until you get to know them. And you get them on an emotional level, and I think that's exactly what happened with Irene. It was that mm. equal. For once in his life, he had that equal. It just happened to be that she was a woman and all this. Mm. But it also begs the question, so obviously, you know, you can separate like the whole romantic and sexual attraction thing. I do wonder mm. that. Whereabouts he fell because I definitely think that you're right, and it was just this incident where he did such feel something. It's like, okay, were well, you just attracted to her romantically, or, or was it that sexual attraction there as well? Obviously, we don't know for sure. We can only speculate because obviously we don't know what happened in the episode, we don't know what happened behind closed doors. But no, you never know. I mean, it's the whole thing's interesting anyway, and I do think though he would feel like that with anyone else if anyone else ever presented themselves as his equals. Do you think the same thing would happen? Potentially. Because mm. because remember, we did have
1: Moriarty. True.
0: Oh. But yeah. they were
1: Bullish. they were two sides of the same coin. You have the consulting detective and you have the consulting criminal. Mm-hmm. So Moriarty was Sherlock's equal, but on the basis of that, neither of them wanted to be bored. Neither of them liked sitting idle and letting their brains rot. Yeah. Whereas Sherlock solved the cases, Moriarty made them, kind of thing. He committed the crimes. But there was none of that sort of specific
0: tension that Sherlock and Irene had when yeah. they were together in the same room. Yeah, I of. think it's very much like he wouldn't let Moriarty get away with stuff, but with Irene, he did let her get away with stuff. Exactly. I mean, what do you think about the whole thing about people shipping Moriarty and Sherlock? <laughs> I think that's a. I think that's a bit of a
1: fun one. I like. I feel like I would personally be more inclined to ship that over John Locke, but yeah. purely on the basis of that, I just think it's quite funny. I I think if you could do enemies to lovers really well, I think
0: that could be those two characters would be a really great start for it. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely agree because, as much as I didn't agree with that in terms of like that, that would never happen on the more of the fun side mm. of it. If it were to happen, it would be those two because I, I I think the definite the pairing would be him and Irene. But if we were going for more of the satire take on it, the whole enemies level thing would be such an interesting concept. And I'm also just imagining this like wheel of constantly them being together and then Moriarty secretly going to commit the crimes and Shark secretly going to solve them and like just this, con- yeah never-ending hamster wheel which, it would just be so fun yeah I think, I think that is an adaption waiting to happen honestly it really
1: is <laughs> do you know what else is kind of like um interesting as well how everyone perceived mycroft holmes as asexual for quite a long time until the lying detective happened like right at the end you yeah. you you've gone from crying over sherlock and john saying it is what it is so cutting to Mycroft's office and it's implied he's just had sex with Lady Smallwood in his office. Yeah, and it, that that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere, but it was so funny. And I was kind of like, I hate this, but also it somehow just works, particularly because he was very confused when she left him her personal phone number. Yeah. I was like, but Mycroft Holmes doesn't date, but he's just him and Lady Small. <laughs> what? It was so... It was so out of pocket because for years I was kind of like out if like any character in Sherlock Holmes
0: was one hundred percent asexual, it would be Mycroft, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought the same thing, but I think this I really appreciated after sort of getting my head around the fact, okay, no, I think this is actually what happened. Um mm. you know those this thing this is where also people get confused. It's like the whole I think he always had those feelings, but he just very much shut them down very much like my mm. job was first. It's not the yeah. one. I want, but I am attracted to those people, but I'm not gonna act on it. Whereas with yeah. Sherlock, he just he just wasn't interested p- 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 mm. point no, full stop point blank you know. Um enough said, like there's just such a difference that I think people don't always see the difference between the two.
1: Yeah. Do you know what's interesting though? So um A few years back when I went to that talk in Cambridge, like just after Series 4 came out, I managed to speak to Mark Gatiss afterwards and we were just chatting. I was asking him about like how long they planned Euros for. Basically since like Series 2. So, um, but um, and he was like, oh, did you notice the gravestones, you know, that say um, that said Nemo Holmes on it? I was like, oh yeah. And he was like, oh, well that's Nemo is Latin for nobody. And I was like, oh yeah, I know, I took Latin. And he said, and what was the code word in the six thatches? I went, ammo. And he was like, well, what if you put ammo and Nemo together? And I was like, love nobody. And he was like, and what's Mycroft told Sherlock his entire life? So it's kind of like, Sherlock was always very much someone who could have easily fallen in love but it was Mycroft always drumming into him that he shouldn't love anyone that you know love was a dangerous disadvantage don't care for anyone so it's kind of like Sherlock's like I must be like big brother kind mm-hmm. of thing I you know
0: yeah that's really so I
1: think that would also contribute to the argument demisexual rather than asexual because part of it was part of it was learned Mm -hmm. and that was from very young so probably just sort of ingrained
0: into him as his like personality growing up if that makes sense yeah no that's interesting I think that's that it really speaks to the whole is sexuality nature or nurture kind of thing because exactly thought it's nature just from personal experience and like growing up surrounded by all this fictional love but then never feeling that for myself but in this situation it seems very much more like nurture was the main factor so she, yeah. Mycroft, even if he wasn't asexual, whatever, I mean, he could be demisexual, God knows, but even if he had those feelings, he mm. tried to shut them off. And that's what Sherlock did as well. There's no mm. reason why they wouldn't be sort of average, straight, gay, whatever, if they hadn't shut those feelings off. So that's yeah. just a really interesting, like, idea. And like, the whole thing of, like, you know,
1: nature versus nurture in terms of sexuality, a lot of people find themselves coming out as either like bisexual or lesbian or gay because for years they've you know com- um you know they've complied to um like heteronormativity thinking you know because society is like heterosexuality is the norm so everyone complies to that that's like a that's a nurture thing in like a bad way until years later you're like actually that's not the case and it's a it is a very interesting thing to sort of delve into so i think sherlock and mycroft they i think a part of it they sort of unintentionally nurtured themselves into it but there is the off chance that they could have always been like that because you know that they were they're so clever that they wouldn't have had time for it and so therefore they might never have just been interested in in it in the first
0: place sort of thing No, exactly. I mean, I know that personally for me, that's what I thought for so many years. It was very much like everyone's getting caught up in this relationship. I haven't got time for this. I've got a career to build. I've got stuff to do. Mm. It was very much like I thought I can kind of convince myself I just didn't have time for it. And I had Mm. more important things going on that will will come later and whatnot. It was also like, obviously, I didn't feel anything. I thought this is just why I'm so busy with everything else. So, yeah, they could be very similar in the sense that regardless of what they naturally are, I guess, they were Mm. too focused on other things and yeah definitely with the higher intelligence they were very driven and this is what I want to do. Um because I know for me personally it was only when things started to slow down where I sort of got in the rhythm of, of what I was doing and like career wasn't there but it was I was at uni so I was studying more. It's when things I slowed down I really sort of sat and thought about it and that's when the whole sort of thing came out. So it could just be a similar sense for them obviously different situations. But I think Minecraft mm. maybe he was at that point where things were finally Steady and whatnot, and he had that capacity to have a little bit of extra brain space and go. Actually, what about Mm. what about that? Yeah, it's interesting. They don't really comply to a lot of things that I've found before, which makes them just so interesting. I mean, yeah, on both hands, like Mycroft and Sherlock, because they're very similar in so many ways. Obviously, being brothers, and the fact that Micro, yeah, like you said, literally did like nurture Sherlock in so many ways. Yeah, that whole thing's just so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you think that there'll be any more adaptations of it that make them different sexualities? How do you think that would fare with the stories? Well,
1: (laughs) I'm sort of writing my own one. Oh.
0: Where Sherlock is a girl.
1: Nice. And I thought I'd I'd dabble with sort of figuring out my own version of a scowl in Bohemia. Interesting. And Sherlock is a lesbian. (laughs)
0: Love it. So,
1: because... Like I said, I I like Sherlock and Irene. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I do think they work very well. And I think you can, it works within the context of Sherlock Holmes as a character over the course of 100 years or so, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like being interpreted as asexual or demisexual, you know, being somewhere on the ace spectrum. It works well within that context. And so I'm kind of like, I wonder what would happen if I sort of, actually made it very explicit that maybe in this regard like there's an interest in just women so maybe sherlock is ace but also a lesbian kind of thing because
0: you know there is a way you can do that um so obviously, you can split up the romantic and sexual attraction yeah they are just romantically attracted to women but still have no interest in yeah i say that because the whole I'm still trying to get my head around how to best say it to people but because the whole thing of like the sexuality part is that it's not that they're not interested but during the time they're not but like they haven't got that initial attraction to someone which makes me mm. think that they're not interested because it's kind of like when you walk down the street you're not going to be obviously you might think some people are like good looking and whatnot but you're not going to walk down and go oh I'd have sex with you and I'd have sex with you it's yeah. just a thing that happens to to anyone really there's kind of like that but like with everyone you see so it could mm. be the case for your character that like, they are romantically attracted to women and it could be that if sex him up they might try it and enjoy it but they don't have that initial like urge to do it I guess
1: yeah but there's also another aspect within like Sherlock and Irene's dynamic like as a whole there's very much an obsession Mm. thing within it like just in the original story like Sherlock Holmes he was just so he just really wanted to make sure he got that photograph back because it was part of his job he wanted to get it back for the the king of um bohemia and you know he didn't realize that irene had been on to him pretty much the entire time but she was kind enough to sort of leave him a letter but um and then like in bbc sherlock they just wanted to outwit each other they they always one up each other um because it was a game to the both of them but there was there was something about they were just they were obsessed with each other you know like she came running back to him and he was very eager to impress her as, you know, the um, airplane seat section. Mm. So you could, I, this is why I say like within the context of Charlotte being asexual as a character, you could have him still be interested in Irene Adler because of the fact that he's obsessed with her in some regard, not in like a creepy way, but in sort of like an intrigue way. Yeah. And that like adds into their dynamic, whether it... it whether it would end up being romantic or sexual or just platonic kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think just in general, Sherlock was always very excited by those people who could level him. And like, we'd mm. all see, he's friends with John, and obviously they grew close, even though John is nowhere near at the, like, the, the no. capacity, I guess, that Sherlock hits because he's very advanced. But I think the fact that there was someone else on his level really excited him to begin with and the more he got to know her the, the more like, enthralled he was but yeah I do think it was an obsession but it wasn't one in a creepy way either it just it works really well also you yeah. know that the of, like, you shouldn't be obsessed with people and whatnot but we all know it happens but I think that mm. that it happened both ways which was really interesting see like it wasn't just one of them obsessed with the other they were both obsessed with each other which yeah. made it such an interesting dynamic.
1: Also the whole thing where he just really he really liked the idea of her like outwitting him. Yeah. There's something there's something to me like there is something inherently sexual about that because sometimes like you do things in like your normal life and then it can translate into a kink in the bedroom oh. so like so there's like if Sherlock was really into the idea of Irene Adler outwitting him and those two like within BBC Sherlock had like a, there was like a lot of like tension between them anyway where, how would that translate if you put them in an actual <laughs> sexual scenario it's quite it's so weird to think about
0: yeah I mean but it's
1: quite it's quite interesting um
0: as well so yeah I mean say it also reminded me of you know how I mean I can't speak to in general but from the films I've seen you know when like two people like each other trying to get each other to notice each other they'll do things that would deliberately make the other person pay attention yeah it's exactly actually what it reminded me of obviously they're both trying to outsmite each other but it's very much like look at me the whole time yeah. was look I'm amazing as you but like just look at me and that yeah. whole thing especially like oh you do kind of like each other come on there is something yeah Inherently but also the fact that on obviously on the bbc one with um her phone is like i am Sherlock. obviously that was yeah. a big moment in the thing and the fact that he wasn't very much like i think if it was anyone else he would have been like oh no need to put my name for her he'd, he'd say something wouldn't he like if if any other character had done it especially being new to that episode he would have had something to say about it but because it was her he didn't and I think that's really because it was her he was just sort of like ha look at me I won sort of thing you know like <laughs> yeah no the whole thing yeah I definitely think it was them them too the whole time it's weird now looking back on it so there was a time I'm like I don't know why I ever thought him and Molly would be a good mix it was always between them and then her and I Irene I don't know why and I caught on to it really later so I started watching it I was introduced to it just when series three had come out i think Mm -hmm. at the time because i had to wait and get the dvds my teacher let me the dvds during year 11 which was you know i i got through one series a week and i had to wait for series three until she bought the dvd and then i had to wait like everyone else for series four or and the abominable bride but yeah i had to wait like a normal human being for us them, which was so i don't know how people did it work right from series one And how they waited all that time. I don't know how people
1: did the series one uh, (laughs) hiatus,
0: but and then
1: obviously there's people now that are like, ah, I just watched them all on Netflix, and it's like.
0: Oh, you didn't have to go through the wait time, any wait time, you know? No, I mean, it was funny because when I was watching them, I had to wait. I think it was only about two weeks between finishing series two and getting series three because of where, mm. like, my students came out, where my teacher to buy it and all that. Because, you know, I couldn't just go and buy it myself. I had to wait for her to buy it and give it to me. um But that, I remember going there that two weeks was how I was like, I oh, don't you know what happened. So, yeah, because obviously, at the time, of me ha- having that wait obviously he'd fallen off the roof and that we knew his life and obviously then you know the whole big thing big things that happened but i don't know how people had to wait in real time tumblr uh. why
1: are, you know what people give the empty hearse they, they they they
0: give it a lot of shit
1: for how the empty hearse club ran in the episode mm. and it's like you know what I don't think they did that maliciously because if you look back at any Tumblr blog between 2012 and 2014, that is exactly what we were like. So it's like, I'm sorry that you can't handle looking in the mirror, but this is exactly what we were like, you know, because there was that one bit where, you know, someone was like, oh yeah, Sherlock and Moriarty kiss." People would ri- were writing stuff like that. My friend said that she genuinely saw that as a fan fiction
0: yeah. before
1: like seeing it on the screen so it's like well clearly they, they've done their like Stephen moffat and mark gaiters did
0: their research with that one yeah i will so. say when i saw that i thought oh my god this is so real and i'll say i hadn't really been in the fandom that long i was still yeah kind of, i hadn't had the big weight but just knowing fandom culture in general at that point in time this is before my this is even before my time on twitter and whatnot i knew exactly what it was like and, mm. yeah, I really props them for that because it was so true. And it is literally, what would you know? Look at what we do with Dot two. I mean, that's just an example yeah. that's always running. But all we do, we sit there and theorize, we sit there and write fan fiction, fan videos, fan art. It's literally all we do where you yeah. in between stuff. Yeah. So it's like, wasn't really being disrespectful. It was just true. People I, didn't like that. <laughs> I can't believe people were like, taking offense to that because it is so true and there's nothing to be ashamed of because we and also, and also people forget that Stephen Moffat and
1: Mark Gatiss literally grew up as massive Sherlock Holmes fans yeah so
0: yeah Yeah. I mean I think <laughs> they've probably done something like that when they were our age you know I was gonna say I mean it has to come from the fans already how else they're gonna know about that how else how better do you know the fan culture you're in it you can't tell it exactly yeah, I don't understand why people would... I, don't, I can't believe people had a big thing about that. It was just yeah. so true. And I think I remember I did a bit about my year 13 media project was Doctor and Charlotte Cross. And I did a whole thing about um the whole like social media stuff behind it and whatnot. And I remember looking into like the significance of that, seeing the tweets and stuff. And it was mm. just so interesting to look at. But I can't believe people didn't like that. I um, know. No. <laughs> uh, one other um, ship I want your opinion on, because I remember reading about this was Mycroft and Lestrade <laughs> did you ever think it would work I'm ashamed to admit I shipped that <laughs> to be fair I think I did as well I did
1: I think I think because the two of them like worked for the government you know Lestrade being like a detective inspector for the mayor and then Mycroft like running the secret service I I don't know what it was but people put those two characters together and I was just like I'll take that that's pretty good you know like Uh,
0: yeah I just it it really reminded me of those two characters from a show which they're both high profile like I said similar jobs and whatnot they remind me of people who would have like that type relationship where they're with each other all the time but they see it as like a fling it's a constant fling maybe one of them's already with yeah someone. It, it was never going to be a steady thing it's just a constant oh I might come see you tonight okay I might come see you tonight Just the whole it's not serious not really friends of benefits but like along those lines and that's how I yeah. always mentioned it so if it ever becomes canon, I I need it to be like that. I, I can't yeah. be steady. I can't imagine that. Um I think also the fact that I mean Lestrade's not on the asexual spectrum, you can mm. just tell from from him. But like also he's never really with anyone either. I think that's one thing that charlotte and He's always got. He's always got problems with his wife. So it's kind of like you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, obviously, we never, we never see her, and it's only mentioned. Yeah, it's with problems and whatnot. But I think this is one thing that the BBC Charlotte did really well. I think they didn't overkill on the relationships, which I really appreciated. It wasn't like everyone's mm-hmm. head off every five minutes. Obviously, the whole John and Mary thing. It came out of nowhere because of the time it did but then obviously in the real time of the show and whatnot it made sense so that yeah. really worked and also it's hard to adapt john and
1: mary in like a realistic way without it being boring because it literally happens over the course of one story yeah. in in the originals it's like literally watson sees her and he's like oh, she's so beautiful oh my goodness <laughs> and then basically asks her to marry him by the end of it or something like that so it's kind of like there's no other like with a show like sherlock where there would be a time gap between series and like limited amounts of episodes there's really no other way you can do it other than just sort of like have her there from the start of whatever series mm-hmm. and then you introduce like the backstory as
0: to like how long and why they're together yeah I feel like it works if Sherlock had run like a normal show where it had maybe at least 10 episodes in a series or whatnot it would have been a very different progression but because of what mm. it was and the fact that we literally only had three episodes a series um I think they it did work really well. I think especially having that time Mm. gap as well. We had another time gap, it also wouldn't have worked. So I think they did that very well while working with what they had. I'm sort of over the fact that each each series is only three episodes long, but it kind of worked. I can't imagine it It being... It does. As much as I want more, I can't imagine it going any other way.
1: Yeah.
0: Originally, it was meant to be six uh, one-hour
1: episodes per series, but then obviously, if you've you've seen the unaired pilot... (laughs)
0: Haven't I? Don't think I don't think I have. right.
1: Okay, my thoughts on the unaired pilot are: if they had kept going like that, then maybe I would have shipped John Locke. <gasps> maybe. I Maybe to- I would say Charlotte oh. was gay and not on the asexual spectrum at all. He, th- there's just something so stereotypical about the way they act in the unaired pilot. It's oh
0: my god. I don't, I don't know how to explain that to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll come back with a part two <laughs> because oh, if you're saying that and you don't ship them at all, as we've established, oh, I'm very intrigued.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just the way they like I said it's a very stereotypical thing it's just it there's just a whole different vibe in the unaired pilot where you're like oh I'm like oh okay maybe if it kept going like this I might have done oh it's um I'll send you a few video clips of it because it's quite
0: something (laughs) yeah I'm interested Does it follow the same sort of story obviously whole BBC one starts off like studying in pink, is it that same like Yeah book?
1: it's it's literally a study in pink before it became the study in pink we know and love today.
0: Yeah. And Sherlock
1: wears jeans by the way.
0: I no I no I'm not accepting this fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Actually you know what he actually wears
1: jeans in um the Blind Banker episode. Uh, you know when he goes to um Su flat and the um assassin tries to like choke him. He's yeah. wearing jeans in that scene.
0: Oh. That- I've watched this show far too much <laughs> <laughs> that I can tell you that So <laughs> anyone any random Sherlock Holmes knowledge you know where to turn to and you can provide all yeah. the details <laughs> I can provide details
1: currently it's very specific to BBC Sherlock but I am rereading the originals, so then I'll, I'll be able to <laughs> I'll be able to yeah do it for that as well I have noticed there are some quotes that they directly lifted out from the books and used in the show really um the one that really jumped out to me was oscillation on the pavement usually means an affair and oh. they use that um oh sign of three when charlotte's going on
0: about all the different cases that him and john have done <laughs> i love it when they do that though i mean mm-hmm. i like a good adaption like it has to be well done but i do love it when even mm. they change it from the source material they take the little points from it and insert them i think it just it's that little nod and i think it just works so well like, yeah Actually and whatnot so i really appreciate when people do that and actually um in the empty hearse when sherlock and molly are doing the cases together
1: and it's just sort of doing a montage through two to one b a case of identity is referenced with the pen pal that yeah. that's that's a case of identity so uh,
0: i need to go back and read the books i do actually read them all this time rather than just going back and forth and whatnot i'm still not over the fact that at my school they introduced um I think it was a sign of four into the required like reading you study it in class after I moved up from that year group it's like I would have loved that so much oh my god like the year or two after me it's just so uncalled for
1: I remember in year eight so I was about nearly 13 um we did a mystery module in English so we had to read Different detective stories and mysteries, and then write the first chapter of our own one. And one of the bits of reading we did in class was reading a passage from the Sherlock Holmes story, The Man with the Twisted Lip. Oh yeah. Um, the passage that was chosen was the one set in the Opium Den. <laughs> we were 12. <laughs> <laughs> I had to read that out. <laughs> did you? I, I distinctly remember being the one who read it out. <laughs> but yeah that that actually man of the twisted lip is also a very good story yeah. it's been a long time since i've read it but it, it the entire thing is set within like
0: an opium den it's quite interesting nice <laughs> i mean at the moment i'm trying to collect all the sherlock holmes books in the only you know, the very pieces and covers where it's like little mm-hmm. drawings and whatnot i'm starting to collect them when i see them i've got them all in one big hardback copy i mean that- which I've- that Listeners was- of the podcast, I'm on a
1: Zoom call with Bronte. I'm holding up a very thick book right now. It is about oh, how many pages? It's about one thousand two hundred pages long. Damn! And how far through it are you now? Well, I'm on the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. So that's like the th- the third book in it okay. after a study of Scarlet and a To be fair, I pi- I just picked it up to start reading the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes the other night. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, getting the big book will probably be better for me, but I love my aesthetically pleasing covers too much. And I've already got, I think, three or four now. So I'm going to continue collecting them until I have them all.
1: I kind of want to get them all for like the aesthetically pleasing covers. And also because this is so hard to just take around places really casually. So it's kind of like if I want to read it like on the tube or something I'm like I've got to take a whole bag with me that's like big enough to carry it so um and it, it just looks a bit it's a bit too main character trope for me <laughs> doing it with a whole hardback
0: like that oh, I mean I do really want to be one of the people who sits on the tube reading a book I have before and it's been wonderful but I would not yeah do it. I do it quite a lot oh <laughs> well, yeah I guess it's you, good. you are on the tube far more than I am currently mm. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think one one last question for you. Like BBC Sherlock wise, are you happy with where series four ended? Because I know that can be very controversial, but.
1: I do like where it ended. I mean, I liked how personal it got.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I liked the whole thing of Eurus sort of taunting Sherlock with the idea that emotional context destroys him every time, which is, you know, plays into why he sort of, is very unattached and you know things like that and normally normally I don't like the trope of there being a third home sibling because it's something that came after the Arthur Conan Doyle canon yeah but I thought this one was done quite interestingly it was a big surprise as well yeah and I liked how they made the ending kind of like final but also it's open-ended enough that if Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman did ever free up, they could come back and maybe do like a one-off special or something, you know, further down the line. Yeah. And I think, do you know what's really important as well to take away from like Mary's little monologue at the end of that Mm. is that it's, she says something like, all that matters is like the stories and the legend of Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. Yeah. And I think that's really sweet because I think, at the end of the day, that is that's why we all became fans of it, because of Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. So, like, you know, throw all the shipping wars under the rug, throw all your theories under the rug. Just remember why we love the stories and those two characters in the first place, because they are legendary. They're they they go on all these ridiculous adventures together. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether you view them as platonic or romantic, they are best friends. And they're two of like the most well-loved characters within literature and film and TV now. So, yeah, I think that's a very important takeaway for the fandom at the very least,
0: just to sort of like, you know, just remember. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I loved Mary's monologue at the end. It was, felt so fitting, and yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, like you said, it felt so final within their arc scope. If it was ever to come back, I think I'd only want a special. I don't want any more series. I think because I kind of I really like where it ended. In fact, they wrote the, all that all at that point where they've had their arcs and then now they're not settled because I think those cover characters they can never be settled. But they're at a place where they're fine to be sort of just left to their own devices, kind of thing. And yeah, I just I love. Yeah. Mary monologue over saying like just like exactly like you said and saying about legends and stuff. So I think it just works so well.
1: Yeah, I think it would be so fun if they did ever bring it back. It would be like their daughters more grown up. Uh, not their daughter, John and Mary's <laughs> daughter is more grown up. I mean, Sherlock's basically helping raise her. You could tell from that little montage at the end. But um, it'd be so fun to have like Rosie all grown up and then Sherlock and John a bit older. kind of like crotch not quite old men but like you know getting a bit tired and the three of them go out solving crimes together I think that would be such a cute fun special
0: obviously adapting one of the original stories but just with Rosie. (laughs) I feel like that would be a really interesting spin-off to have her as more of like a grown-up obviously set years from now when she's actually maybe she's solving crimes mm. on her own or she gets into it and they're very much like we don't want you going down this path it's dangerous and whatnot like the whole overprotective father thing and she's like I don't care what you say I'm gonna go do it mm. anyway so I think I, th- I think if someone hasn't made a spin-off of that already in fan fiction wise or nothing else and that is definitely gonna be a contender at some point down the line that'll be when they think, think- we could do something to do with Sherlock oh maybe this is an idea
1: mm. yeah that I think it would be a lot of fun Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss, are you
0: listening? <laughs> we have ideas for you. Hire us. <laughs> Always. I mean, this, we've had loads of episodes. I think we've been talking about ideas, whether it was like Sophie last week, she said about an idea for a series. And I've mentioned these multiple times. It's going to be really interesting, actually, when I want to do some episodes more. Doc two tailored wise, where we talk about like who I me and whoever else is on, probably Matt and someone else. Um, where we talk about like certain episodes mm-hmm. and what we change about them because it's no secret that I personally think a lot of Doctor Two stories are very weak, and I think they had a lot of potential to be better. And I think it'd be so interesting to ever one day if someone from the show listened to that and actually took those ideas on board. Just that that would be really interesting. That would um, be fun. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think again don't, if. Go on, go on. Carry on, sorry. No, sorry, I don't think there's any Sherlock stories I'd ever changed. They were very all like there for me.
1: I mean Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatus, if you're listening, I have a few I have a few gripes with the blind banker.
0: Oh yeah, that that would I think is the weakest one out of all of them, I'd say. <laughs> go on. What, what I feel you- like I should skip it in my
1: rewatches, but I just can't bring myself to Yeah. I just can't I just feel bad, especially if I'm doing like a whole rewatch of the entire thing. I'm like, well I can't skip it. So
0: it's weird because I don't think it's a bad episode, but I just don't think it's as good as the others. Like there's nothing It's the worst bad. one out of all of them. I but I think like, I can't think of anything that's massively wrong with it, story wise, but it just it's just not as exciting as the others. The vibes are just off. Like the vibes are just off in
1: that episode. I think i said this on my instagram um last week but i think it's like they tried to make it kind of like a slice of life thing alongside yeah. the crime solving but it didn't quite work but then by the time i think it was when they get to i think it was a scan in belgravia they managed the slice of life thing alongside the crime thing because you had like the passage of time where john's writing his blog and sherlock's like what are you doing you know and then yeah and then like they had christmas happen and That worked. But the Black Banker thing didn't. Instead, it just opened up a whole bunch of plot holes about how they even afford food, like, before they cashed in the big fat check. But,
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. But, and also it's weird because obviously for me it very much was like oh it's the second episode four where the second episode always feels a lot weaker because the first one has to be that much more amazing to get made in the first place mm. but then with Sherlock you have the problem of yeah a second episode four but also it's midway through the series so you still have to yeah. be interesting because you still watch to the end yeah because where it is like the whole only three episodes series things episode two is very pivotal in terms of like you have to carry on from the amazingness of episode one but you also have to be interesting enough because you're mid-season like it's it's such it must have been such a hard thing to be able to do anyway but and then it's like the last two minutes not even two minutes maybe like the last minute
1: with moriarty like yeah. behind you know and you're just like oh god now i have to watch next week's episode you know uh, i think that's, that's quite cool. clever that
0: <laughs> yeah i mean the way people put in hooks i mean it's, it's really funny sometimes when you can tell that they're just there To try and get people to watch more, whereas some of them are there for actual purpose. I thought this was a really mixed picture of both. Like it was there for story purposes, so when we see him next episode, it's less of a surprise, but then enough so that they want to get people to carry on watching for the next one. But I also think when you've, when you've, in Sherlock, when you've watched two episodes, you may as well watch the last one. You may finish a series, even though it's another hour and a half of your life, you may as well get to it. Um, it's a very fun hour and a half of your life though yeah definitely um I mean apart from that one do you think you change anything about any of the other episodes like as we're on topic Mm. (sighs) something about Hounds of Baskerville
1: really just something about yeah I don't like the to be fair I don't like the original story I think there's just too many characters and it's just so difficult to get through Mm. that I'm just like I found it really interesting what they did with the original. I, th- I think it was a really good adaptation. I think it was a really unique spin on it, how it wasn't a, um, it wasn't actually a dog. It was a, it was a man, but I was just, I don't know. I just feel like the Hound acronym was a small stretch to think, oh yeah, dog. I, th- I felt that was a little bit of a stretch. You know, I feel like I would have changed maybe that like, oh yeah, logo, you know the hound logo the dog on a t-shirt I was like that's such a stretch I know like children can be very easily traumatized but that that felt like a massive stretch you know I felt yeah that bit I would probably change
0: (laughs) yeah no, to be fair yeah it's one thing that I really thought much about but then as you said it was like oh actually like yeah I'm not familiar I don't think I've read the original story for that one not yet um I, I I read it in whole once When I try to reread it I'm just like
1: no no thank you (laughs) because what's interesting as well in the in in BBC Sherlock's version of it they really do shoehorn in all the names that get used in the original so like you've got you've got Barrymore I I think he was like the butler or something in Hounds of Baskerville and now he's like Major Barrymore and then Stapleton there was like a whole thing with like Stapleton's siblings in the original, or something like that. And I'm just like, you you just shoehorned in the names just because you had them there to use, you know? Like even though those characters were like had a completely different sort of thing going in the original, and then it was like, no, you literally just took their names just to just to use them. <laughs>
0: so I'm like,
1: mm. not much depth there, but fine. They are minor characters, but still yeah
0: I And mean, I guess they work use the actual characters might as well use the names, have another little connection in there, yeah exactly, yeah, um well, I think we've covered everything um mm-hmm. interesting chat, yeah, I definitely think I see Sherlock more as demisexual now than I did before. I think yeah. when I to go back and watch it again it like I'm gonna look for all the little little signs and whatnot because it is literally just Irene Adler which gets him feeling yeah i think is a big thing last thing he feels with john bolsey that's very different he, he starts to feel for molly yeah. he feels for lots of characters by the end um oh, 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 one last question i think one last question um after the whole thing with Ryan Adler do you think that's the point where he starts to let emotions in a little bit more i think so yeah, yeah. i think that allowed him to just sort of be a bit more
1: open to things like that because i mean like he helped janine try to like get a guy at John's wedding and I feel like he wouldn't have done that if Irene Adler hadn't existed you know but and then he still wanted to
0: like dance with Janine because she was flirting with him you know and I just
1: yeah you know I just thought
0: yeah I remember vividly watching that episode and at first I know when it's alluded to that they're together and they're a thing and it's not just fake I remember thinking what (laughs) like excuse me yeah I was like oh yeah it's like oh oh." yeah then I think I was kind of relieved when it wasn't real because it made a lot more sense. Otherwise, it would have felt so random that he would have got with this random bridesmaid. But I really, I really, I love their relationship in the BBC adaptations. I think it works so yeah. well with what they're trying to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, that was the whole thing was like really like out of pocket just show like just randomly dating Janine. And then another thing is like, it's kind of like, ah, uh, You can convincingly look like you date someone. There must be something in there, which means you do kind of want it in some regards, maybe. Like, you are a little bit interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, I also took away from it, it could be Sherlock acting up for John's attention, but not in the whole romantic way, because he is, like, a literal child. Um, And obviously... (laughs) John's off with another woman but oh, what about me you pay me attention like from, from I can say from an asexual point of view I totally get that not that I've done that but it's the whole thing about when you're friends with someone they suddenly get interested in someone else you're like hello yeah <laughs> so I really appreciated that side of it as well I mean I don't know if that was their intention but that's that's what I took away from it and I really really liked that. yeah um because I think that obviously it happens in a lot of friendships but I think it I personally think it occurs more when the person's asexual because they haven't got that drive to go and connect with someone else like you would mm. normally so like when your friend not leaves you to go with be with someone it's obviously not how it is but when they, they start have, spending more time with yeah the romantic it's very, interest yeah so much like but I don't have that what about me so I, yeah I completely get that and I think that's really so well done um yeah and no, I definitely think that after Irene he was very much more open and not that he was i would say less robotic but that's the wrong that's the wrong term but you know kind of what i mean he felt he felt a lot more human in that way and about the emotions and stuff yeah good discussion um he's definitely a character when i was going through thinking about okay i want to have a whole little segment of characters who are ace and talk about them he was the first one i thought of He was.
1: yeah oh nice
0: yeah, I think he's hopefully going to be the one a lot of people do think of when they're starting mm. to terms of being ace, because like, the representation isn't there. Well, it's not explicitly said on TV, for him, I'm glad it wasn't, because mm. I don't think it works. Because a lot of characters, I think they just need to say it out loud and for people that help them feel a lot better, but for his character, personally, I don't think it would have worked. No, I don't think it needed to be said. I think
1: there was enough there for people to be like, okay, this guy is somewhere on the ace spectrum, you know? Yeah
0: yeah exactly exactly um yes well thank you very much for coming on and talking with me oh thank you for having me I love coming on to
1: just talk about Sherlock Holmes I I just I I will just happily talk about Sherlock and Sherlock Holmes for days (laughs) I could talk for England about it you know
0: (laughs) well if there's any other Sherlock Holmes episodes I will definitely be uh, coming to you first oh thank you (laughs) if there's any other episodes you want to come on for then feel free. Ace Oh, uh, feel free to invite me.
1: I, I'm 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 chill with anything <laughs> that you think I would be interested in. So I
0: mean I I do wanna have you on for one of the ones where we talk about Doctor Who Episode we would rewrite. Because I feel like we probably have a few similar yeah. views about stuff. So yeah. <laughs> at some point, I'm going to start off that series. I need to actually figure out a list. Okay, what ones what do I want to talk about? Who has similar views? Who has opposing views? Because I think that would be such an interesting talk. Like at some point, me and Mark are going to have a whole chip and all the and Steph's going to come on with like all the opposing views about why the era is... Amazing and whatnot, and we're both going to have we're going to have like a civilized discussion about it from both sides. Is I think it's what we need. We don't need shouting, we need a civilized discussion. Okay, why do you think, why do you think that? And I think I do want to yeah. see the um episodes. I think definitely we'll have ones where we're on the same playing field, but then some of them will be split mm. as well. So if you have any episodes you want to talk about, let me know because I, do I will that little thing. So that would be interesting. Yeah. I say, I'm just putting it out there now. I'm not going to start a best series because I think that the writing is terrible and I'm writing my version will be better. It's personally just, I think if it had done this, the episode would have been better story wise. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That. Um, yeah, all, all opinions are our own, as usual. Um, but yeah, that yeah. is a lot more to come next week. I don't know what's, what's going to happen next week, next episode. I think next week. Me and Matt might have a whole deep dive in the Alien series because we finished watching the last film last week and we sat there and we sort of similar thing, like kind of what we change and like how we do all that. So that might be next week if people want to stay tuned to listen to us talk more about Alien because that's all we've done a lot recently. But it's been an interesting time watching them for the first time because I'd never seen the films before. So
1: in the first two, they're very good.
0: I think you should carry on. I mean, if you've listened to podcasts, yeah. spoil everything. But yeah, three is good. Four is good. Not quite on the same part. Prometheus is incredible, I will say. I really enjoyed it. Covenant was also very good. And Covenant also has someone from Fantastic Beasts in, and I cannot look at her the same way because the whole way through the oh, film yeah. is Tina from Fantastic Beasts. And I'm like, but mm. you're going to go and meet News Command, and what's, what's going to happen to you? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've, okay. I've seen
1: Prometheus and Covenant i like them for what they are they just um they don't line up with the original alien film so i'm like ugh, fine
0: next listen to next episode because me and matt have plans of how we could think they could all connect up better because as much as we yeah. appreciate all the films the consistency is painful because it's not that. yeah so yeah, yeah. it's pretty I that, bad <laughs> i think that might be the first actually in the series of what we change because as much as we're talking about them in general we are talking about okay if we went back and had all the rights and whatnot what would we do because i think Mm. that are going to be so interesting to talk about anyway um more from the writing perspective because obviously that's that's what i do is what you do um i think it's bringing a different level of opinions to the playing field rather than someone just watching it going i think this should happen it's like you've got no idea what you're talking about story-wise no it's fine different opinion anyway tangent over it wouldn't be a podcast episode without a little tangent but no we've on the topic actually we haven't divulged yeah i know we do with people so that's good i think this is something that i'm gonna try and keep up consistency wise it will happen not is another matter episodes of matt it won't happen because we divulge too much <laughs> hence why our episode about abby is two and a half hours long <laughs> anyway oh <who> wow you listen to the the end of that well done I, we we had a lot to say about her but we ended up divulging I don't know what about we had we told stories here and there but stuff that was relevant we compared it to other things and I honestly couldn't tell you now exactly how we divulged so much how it white is two and a half hours apart from the fact that we will sit there and talk for that long about something but yeah if anyone listens to the end of that well done um Steph I know you have because you text me going why the hell is it two and a half hours long um yeah well no yeah thank you again for coming on you'll definitely be back for another episode sometime yeah as i said next week's will most likely be the whole episode alien talk about uh what we change and whatnot so if anyone's interested in that then stay tuned again we're not going to be talking about we think this should happen because it'd be better we think story-wise it would it would work better within the world essentially so that's that's the kind of theme we're going to go with for maybe the next few i don't know um yeah, so the next character episode will be two weeks from now. What that will be, I am quite excited yet. The Gwen one is very much in the mix. Whether I can manage to get everyone on Zoom to do that is going to be another matter. But <laughs> we, we will see because that one's going to be mental. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Good, 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 good discussion. I feel like I'm never going to watch Home the same way again. And I'm going to be looking out for all the little, um, little nods, and I'm going to pay more yeah. attention to craft, I think. Just, oh like,
1: absolutely he's a fun one to
0: pay yeah. attention to so literally see the progression of how he's very much ace and then it's alluded to that he's not and it's like oh that's a yeah, bit it's a, it's a wild time, a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> i think it works well um yes thank you again for coming on uh happy sunday everyone and as when this thank goes thank you well. for having me you're welcome. Um. Yeah. You when know, this goes out, yesterday was Sherlock Holmes Day, so I hope everyone, well, that celebrated. But you didn't know it was a thing. But you know, do something today. Do something Sherlocky today. Um. Watch an episode. Read a story. read some fan fiction. <laughs> Whatever you're feeling like. You know. Write some fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that is still going strong. I'm very interested to hear more about yours. Um. Because would you set yours in like modern day? Do you think? Oh, want my own version of Sherlock. Holmes. Yeah oh yeah absolutely amazing
1: I think I think it's a fun context to put the
0: character in
1: mm,
0: yeah I think so so I can't wait to read that at some point with all your many bits of other fan fiction <laughs> that's going on oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we're both very much saying that we both have so many different projects going on at one time like it is hard to know what's fan fiction and what's not half the time honestly but
1: yeah. I'd rather have
0: too much. <laughs> I'd rather have too many projects than not enough. There's always so much you can do. Yeah, talk. exactly. Fiction is a great. You can just bounce around between them. It's fantastic. Exactly, and one thing can inspire the other, which is always good. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank you for everyone who <laughs> listened and enjoyed. I Hope you have enjoyed. It's been fun to talk about. As it's always fun to talk about. It's like I go on and around and about stuff, and it's like mm, it's fine. People, if, they, if they're interested, then they listen to the end. It's fine. It's all fine. That's what we're here for. Have fun. Um. Yes, happy Sunday. Uh, I think that's all all I've got to say, really. Links, as always, are in the description. Um, I'm going to link your Instagram, Lily. That's what I'm starting to do. Link link my Instagram, link the guest Instagram. My level's also there in case people are interested. I've kind of stopped plugging that now, which is fine. That can can rest as it is, but it's there in case people are ever interested about some ace representation because it all links in well. I think that's pretty much it happy sunday run hope you enjoyed Ooh. listen on for more episodes next week space ace out <laughs>